Hallelujah. Somebody shout, Jesus. Jesus. Glory to God. You're in the right place at the right time tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, it's December. Stuff is happening. Amen. All kinds of things. You know, you can't find parking places and, and uh, things are getting more crowded and people are, you know, getting distracted by other things. But I'll tell you what, you're in the right place at the right time tonight. Amen. God had something in store, praise the Lord, a long time ago before we even thought about having this night. Amen. We uh, have been talking with Pastor Mark and Pastor Rhonda about uh, just God's intricacies and how uh, wonderful of a planner he is, which always baffles me because that's not me. And I'm always just amazed when the beans and the steak comes out at the same time, you know, or the, the eggs and the toast, you know, that's a big deal. Uh, but God in his master plan has put things in place and in motion so long ago. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth before God even created man. He had a plan. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, he love believes the very best of every person. Amen. Because God is love and he believes the very best. But he knew man <laughs> before he even made him. Amen. And he had a plan. Glory to God. So that we would never be lost. The lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You know, when God said, of course, let there be light. It's perpetual. Amen. He doesn't have to say it every day. Glory to God. He set it in order. He had a plan. Praise God. Amen. When he said it that one time and put it into motion. Amen. We have it every single day. Genesis said, you know, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and, 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 and heat and, and summer and winter will never cease. Amen. God puts the seasons in. He puts the order in the earth. Amen. Because he spoke it. And when he said that Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth, as soon as he spoke that into being, it was so. He didn't have to wait for 6,000 years. Didn't have to wait for 3,000 years. Didn't have to wait for 4,000 years for Jesus to accomplish it in the flesh. God considered it done when he said it. I said God considered it done when he said it. So that, so that he could look upon every animal sacrifice as Jesus. <laughs> so that every sacrifice would be acceptable to him until the fulfillment of all. Hallelujah. His plan is so masterful. He doesn't have accidents. <laughs> Amen. He doesn't have uh, those uh-oh moments where it's like, oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, I left that detail out. There's every detail. And I love the details of God, probably more than uh, I think some people like the big, the big things. You know, I, I just love the details of God, how he, 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 he watches over every sparrow. <laughs> we sang about it. Amen. Every hair on our head. He counts your hair. <laughs> he cares about every aspect of our life. Praise the Lord. And so he saw this day. He saw you here. Glory to God. And he made provision for you tonight. He said, God made provision for you tonight. Amen. It never matters if the house is full or, the, or there are few. Because whoever's here, God will minister to. If your heart is open. 
and if you've come to receive from him. Amen. I know others will be watching online as well, and some will call in a, a request. And I want to tell you this, that God makes provision for it all. Amen. I said he makes provision for it all. We, we, we always call these meetings encounter the power, you know. That means we want to encounter and come together in his presence. That's, that's the number one way, amen, that we've been ministering. And, and the number one purpose for these meetings is that we come together. The number one purpose isn't to watch online. The number one person, purpose is to be in the building. Yeah. Amen. But he always makes provision. Yeah. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them. Glory to God. Amen. A centurion came on behalf of his servant. Amen. A nobleman came on behalf of his son. Praise the Lord. Syrophoenician woman came on behalf of her daughter. Different ones came on the behalf of someone else, and God always had a way of doing some things. Amen. Maybe you've come tonight with the specific purpose of someone else in mind, not you. Maybe, maybe you came tonight because someone else couldn't come. Maybe there's somebody on your heart specifically that you, you, you want to have, you know, uh, a minister to or you want to have prayer for. We understand that. Praise the Lord. The best way to do that when you come is to bring a cloth or something then that they get to them. That laying on of hands and the power is transferred into cloth and can go to them. Praise the Lord. So if that's you tonight, if you came uh, on behalf of someone else, if you didn't bring a cloth, uh, be willing to uh, part with whatever you have on tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, be willing to give it away. Amen. Praise the Lord. It doesn't have to be a handkerchief. Any, any cloth will do. Praise the Lord. And, uh, but we'll make provision for that as well. Hallelujah. And, uh, but you're in the building tonight. If you have a need, expect to receive. Amen. I said expect to receive. The Bible says in James, the fifth chapter, <clears throat> is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing them with oil. And the prayer of faith, everybody say the prayer of faith. Prayer. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. The prayer of faith, everybody say the prayer of faith. What is the prayer of faith? The prayer of faith is the prayer of receiving. It's the prayer of receiving, because faith receives from God. Faith doesn't just ask God for something. Faith receives he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, therefore, I say unto you, when you pray, believe you receive and you shall have. Amen. So the prayer of faith isn't just a, what we call a prayer of petition or a prayer of asking. But the prayer of faith is a prayer of receiving. Amen. Glory to God. So we're receiving when we're praying for one another. We're receiving even on their behalf. Hallelujah. Helping them receive. Not just asking on their behalf, but helping them to receive. Praise the Lord. In all these times that we've come together, how many of you have been in, in several Encounter the Power meetings? I, I see several familiar faces. Praise the Lord. How many of you, this is your first time to come to Encounter the Power? There's a few. Praise the Lord. Well, you know by now, those of you who have been coming, that you've come to bring your supply as well as you come to give to get something. Amen. Amen. You've come to bring a supply. So we're going to help people receive tonight. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. There's nothing like helping somebody receive from God. Amen. It's just, I, I said it before we came out here, it's the best job in the world. 
I feel like I have the best job in the world, helping people to receive something from God. Hallelujah. And so we all have a part to play as the body of Christ. We're part of him and part of helping one another to receive. How do you do that? Let's talk about it a little bit tonight. Praise the Lord. Let's, uh, let's talk about uh, really one of the ways that we can help one another receive is to acknowledge his presence. Just simply to acknowledge him, that he's here. Glory to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Go with me, if you would, to uh, we're gonna look at some, some uh, Old Testament things at first. 2 Kings, <clears throat> pardon me, 2 Kings, the sixth chapter. Praise the Lord. Just, I always say briefly, <laughs> I try. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Uh, 2 Kings, the sixth chapter. This is uh, talking about the, the ministry of Elisha, the prophet. You know, Elisha came after Elijah went up in a whirlwind. And Elisha was a, a, a prophet in Israel. And amazing things, of course, happened. And, and he had uh, that servant uh, Gehazi that followed him, you know, and helped him and everything. And then Gehazi messed up. Anybody remember when Gehazi messed up and he was out? <laughs> now, now Elisha's got somebody new. He's got to train him up. Every generation, every generation needs their own encounter with God. It doesn't just come by assimilation. It doesn't just come by a church being here for a long time. Every individual needs an encounter with God. Amen. First and foremost. But every generation needs their own encounter with God. We can't just talk about the healing revival of the 40s and 50s. We can't just, you know, continue to, I, I, I follow Brother Hagen's ministry. I still do. I still feed off of him uh, so much. It, it ministers to me. But all the revelation didn't die when he died. Amen. 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 Just because he's gone doesn't mean there's no more new revelation. This generation's getting revelation. This generation's having just as powerful of encounters with God as the men that we respected and look up to. We're having the same intimate encounters with God now. And you ought to want that. You ought to, you ought to want to expect to have encounters with God yourself. Not just encounters with the power once every three or four months. Amen. Amen. Now, I know there's a lot going on at every service at this church. I know that the power of God is present in every service in this church because I know that you contend for it. I know your pastors contend for it. That's why I'm so honored to even be here at these meetings myself because there is such a, a place and such a demand in a good way for that. We contend for it. We're, not, we're unwilling to do without it. Amen. I said we're unwilling to do without it. We're unwilling to have a form of godliness without the power. The power is the only way to go. Amen. Because he's real and he's alive. Amen. And so uh, Gehazi's gone, a new servant's on the scene. And uh, Elisha, uh, the, the king of Syria and the king of Israel were at odds. Uh, who knew? And uh, the, they were uh, having issues with each other. And the, and the Syrians uh, kept planning some things here in 2 Kings. 
the sixth chapter. And uh, every time they planned an attack, uh, the Israel would find out about it ahead of time, and uh, they wouldn't be where they thought they were going to be. And and uh, Syria's getting they're getting uh, a little disgusted. And the king of Syria thinks he's got a mole in his organization because somebody is telling the king of Israel what's going on because he just can't get any foothold. He just can't get in there and he just can't get anything done because it seems like they always know ahead of time what's going to happen. And so he says to his people, uh, Verse 8, now the king of Syria was making war against Israel and he consulted with his servants saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel saying, beware that you do not pass this place for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, none, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he's in Dothan, not Alabama. <laughs> Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Well, right now, this just makes me laugh already, because Elisha already knows everything that's going to happen. <laughs> he's going to surprise him now? Really? Elisha knows everything he's been saying, and so they go by night. <laughs> They don't get it. They don't get it because God's not real to them. He's not real to them. And how many of you realize the devil keeps trying to come against you? <laughs> and he keeps trying to sneak up on you and you're like, seriously? You're going to try that again? <laughs> God's telling me everything you're going to do before you do it. Amen. Amen. Why? He's real to me. The Holy Spirit is real to me. The Bible says he'll show you things to come. If you'll look, if you'll ask. Amen. Why are you surprised by things? We shouldn't be surprised. Amen. We're prepared. Hallelujah. So they come by night. <laughs> And uh, in verse 15, and when the servant of the man of God, the new servant, arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered. He didn't even come to the window. Didn't come to the door. He just answered him. I can imagine Elisha wasn't even up yet. Oh, well, don't be afraid. Those that are with us are more than those that are with them. Without even looking, without even looking, so aware, I said so aware of the presence of God with him. 
that a whole army outside did not phase him one bit because he said, there's always more with us than are with them. Friends, greater is he. Greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. There are more that be with us than that be with them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. How many of you know Elisha had already seen chariots of fire and horses before? (laughs) Amen. When Elijah was taken up in the whirlwind, he saw it. Amen. He was aware of and became uh, uh, um, acclimated to that realm. Praise God. The presence of God so manifested that all he did was say, Lord, open his eyes and he could see. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Go with me to uh, Exodus, the 33rd chapter. Exodus chapter 33. Moses goes up on the mountain to meet with the Lord. That pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud... And uh, Moses would go meet with the Lord. Verse, seven, verse 11 of Exodus 33 says, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 12, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people. But you have not let me know who you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. <clears throat> Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. That I may know you. Not that I may go to church. Not that I may read good books. But that I may know you. Now, this, of course, is Old Testament. And, uh, you know, we have a new and better covenant, obviously, and and he's on the inside of us. We're joined to him. We're one spirit. The Bible says he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. But even here in the Old Covenant, that someone would have the boldness to say to God, I want to know you. And God would speak to him face to face like a man speaks to his friend. That's reality. I said, that's reality. He said, that I may know you. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Amen. Amen. That I may know you. And that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, God said, my presence, 
my presence, everybody say my presence, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I will go with you. Lord, you said you're taking us from here to there and you've not said who you're sending with us. He said, I will go with you. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't let us move an inch. We're not going if you're not going. Amen. We're not going anywhere if you're not going. Because what did he go on to say? It's your presence that makes us different. It's your presence that separates us from all the other people on the earth. Everybody say, it's his presence. It's his presence that separates us. It's not theology that separates us. It's not denominations that separate us. It's not political parties that separate us. Come on. It's not ethnicity that separates us. That's flesh. I said, that's flesh. What separates us from anybody else on the earth is simply him. Him. His presence goes with us. When we talk about encountering the power, we're not just talking about having a service and seeing people healed. We're talking about encountering him, his presence. And when we talk about helping people receive, it's because we're inviting and creating the atmosphere for his presence. If his presence doesn't go with us, we're not going anywhere. We'll have nothing. We have nothing without his presence. Nothing. Amen. He said, this is what separates us, his presence. <clears throat> every generation, every human needs their own encounter with his presence. You may have a sense of his presence by coming to church. Yes, you ought to because an atmosphere is created. Amen. But there's still a choice for you to encounter him for yourself. Go with me to Genesis, the 28th chapter. We'll go to another generation here. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 28. This is Jacob's encounter with God, one of Jacob's encounters with God. You remember that Abraham, his grandfather, had a, an encounter with God when God called him out of his own family and his own nation and basically said, follow me, follow me. Look as far as you can this way, this way, this way, this way. I'm going to give all of this to your, to your descendants. And he said it when Abraham had none, had no seed after him, had no son. He was a wealthy man. He was a good businessman, but he had no heir, no son. And God said, follow me. We'll do something together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you'll go with me, nothing's impossible. Amen. And the Bible says that Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him for righteousness. He believed God. He followed God. He didn't know where he was going. He left everything he knew to follow God. Without a book, 
without a pastor, without a preacher, but he had an encounter with the presence of God. Remember, God had him, had him uh, sacrifice those animals, put those animals out, and God manifested in a smoking, fiery furnace and, and, and came and answered by fire. Supernatural. Amen. Had an encounter. And so God promised him Isaac. And you know the basic lineage here. Then, then God ministered to Isaac. And God told Isaac, just like I told your father, I'm going to give this to your seed. And Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. And now Jacob's turn to have his own encounter. He can't just say, Abraham was my grandpa. I'm here because Abraham was my grandpa. Who did God change his name to Israel? Jacob. <laughs> Amen. Amen because he had his own encounter. God wants to do things for you. God wants to do things in your family. God wants to do things for your kids. God wants to do things for your grandkids. God wants it not just for your grandma and your grandpa or your mom and your dad, but he wants to do something in you and in this generation and in the generations to come. This church is built not on what was a past. It has a foundation, but it's built because it's perpetual. There are encounters with God every time you come together. And new encounters with God. Amen. So God speaks to Jacob here in Genesis, the 28th chapter, <clears throat> verse 10. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you, you and your descendants. Jacob didn't have any yet either. Jacob hadn't even met his first wife yet. He had a couple. <laughs> he had a few. But he hadn't even had a child yet. And God's already speaking to him. I'm giving this to your descendants. Hallelujah. God's always moving forward. God's always thinking ahead. Amen. Praise the Lord. To you and your descendants, I'm giving this land. Praise the Lord. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. A new encounter with God. Same thing he said to Abraham, but it's now to this generation. Behold, I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. And will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. 
Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. <laughs> and I didn't know it. Surely the Lord is in this place. We can all say the same thing tonight. Surely the Lord is in this place. Hallelujah. We're having our own encounters with God. Go with me to Luke's gospel, the fifth chapter. Let's bring this forward. <clears throat> Luke chapter five. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus was in a place teaching and preaching Verse 17, Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The presence. The power of the Lord was present to heal them presence the presence of God everything happens because of the presence of God not the memory of God things don't happen because we recall things about him things happen because he's here when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said you found favor you're going to have a son. How will this be? The Holy Spirit will come. The presence of God will overshadow you and overtake you. And a miracle will happen because of his presence. It's always about his personal involvement with you. Hallelujah. So the power of the Lord was present to heal people. Why? Jesus was there, personally present. Amen. But you also know this, that nothing was happening even though the presence of the Lord was there. We have so many encounters or so many examples, I should say, in the Gospels of Jesus in the flesh being somewhere, though his presence was there, things didn't happen until something else made the connection with him. There was no activation, if you will, with the presence until someone came in faith. Though the power was present to heal, the power was present to do everything necessary to do. There was no activation until someone came believing.
If you came in the building tonight and none of these lights were on, you might make some sort of conclusion that there is no electricity. <laughs> There's no power. But you'd be wrong. There's plenty of power. All it takes is activating the switch. You don't have to generate the power. I said, you don't have to. The power is in the presence. And he said, wherever two or three gather together in my name, I am there. I'm there. I'm there. His presence is here. His power is here. Does anybody believe it tonight? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. No activation until somebody believes. Because God is spirit. John chapter 4, Jesus explained. God is spirit. And they that worship or they that connect with me, he said, or connect with God, must do it in spirit and in truth. It must come from the heart. It's not just physically being in the room. It's an activation or an opening of your heart to him. And that's personal. Faith is personal. Faith is trust. Trust is personal. Amen? Uh, another account in the, Old, in the Old Testament, there was a, a man named Gideon. And I'm sure you all know the whole story of Gideon. <laughs> I, I forget some of those. I don't know about you, but I forget some of those things. I have to be reminded myself. But all kinds of havoc was happening in Israel at the time because they had gone away from what God had told them to do and, and they weren't experiencing his presence. They couldn't experience his presence because they weren't listening to him, they weren't following him, and so they had no encounter with him. And God spoke to Gideon. And, uh, and he said, come on, let's get up. I, I, I'm calling you to do something. And he goes, how can you, oh, I don't understand how you can say you're here with all that's going on. How can you even say that, that you're present when all this chaos is going on? Some people equate the presence of the Lord with their circumstances. Where's God? All this stuff is happening. Where's God? Well, he said he would never leave us or forsake us. Amen? But Philemon 6 said that the communication of your faith would become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. What are you acknowledging in your life? Are you acknowledging the problem? Are you acknowledging him? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Gideon was equating the presence of God with his circumstances. How could God be here if the circumstances are bad? But Psalms 23 says that even in the presence of your enemies, he will prepare a table for you. 
right in the middle of it all. Just like that servant said, what are we going to do with all these armies around us? And Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes. There are more that be with us than those that be with them. The more real Jesus is to you, that's when things will begin to change. That's when the circumstances will change. The more real Jesus is to you than those circumstances that have been plaguing you, than the symptoms that have been dogging you, the more real Jesus is, the more those things will change. That's when you tear open the roof. That's when you think, I don't care anymore. I'm getting the presence. If you're not going with us, we're not moving. I'm here for the presence of God. I'm here to be changed. I'm here to encounter him. I can't and won't deal with those things any longer and let them have dominion over me or my body or my family. I want to know you and the power, the power, the power of the resurrection. Glory to God. Right in the middle of our enemies. Hallelujah. Glory. There are more that be with us than those that be with them. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody say, my presence. My presence. Uh That's you, God. You're the presence. You're the presence. Thank you for your presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, praise the Lord. There's an old song some of you might remember. It's surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. I can feel the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Hallelujah. 